0: I'm Brett Chang. And I'm MJ Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, January 11th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Brett, I know you're kind of on a hiatus from Twitter, but did you see what's going on with this MLA in Manitoba?
1: I only saw it today because someone sent it to me, and it reminded me of why... I wanted on a Twitter hiatus to avoid this type of context. It's so cringe. <laughs> so
0: just just by way of context, an MLA in Manitoba, his name's John Reyes, I think I'm pronouncing that right, tweeted a photo of his wife shoveling their freezing cold driveway. What he wrote though was that after a 12-hour shift at the hospital, he was so proud of her that she's also shoveling and he was going to make her breakfast. But before he did things, he took a picture of her while she was freezing in the driveway shoveling. And it's not been well received on Twitter, as you can imagine. So he's... It's gone viral for all
1: the wrong reasons. It better be a good breakfast, that's all I can say. You know, after the 12-hour shift plus the snow shoveling, I want to come back to a tower of waffles with whipped cream and syrup all over it, because, I, yeah, I I don't get it. Like, I, I was telling you, I don't know how you can even stand there and take a picture of someone shoveling the snow, even if they weren't a healthcare worker. Like, I think that's just nuts. I'd feel guilty about it, thinking that I should be out there helping them.
0: Yeah, you could even just close your shades and pretend you didn't see them, but taking a picture and posting it will make it go viral, especially if you're an elected official, apparently, in Manitoba.
1: Yeah, that's how I feel, too. It's that you you have to just either ignore them or you have to just help. Uh, There's no in-between.
0: As an MLA in Manitoba is finding out, Brett, aside from us not wanting to shovel today or any day, really, what do we have for Pete Bells?
1: For our first story, BMO Goes West. For our second story, Farmville Returns. And for our third story, Taco Tuesday.
0: Well, I can't wait for the Taco Tuesday story. But first, BMO is tapping into pension funds for its Bank of West takeover, the largest acquisition deal led by a Canadian bank. Brett, what's happening with BMO and the Canadian pension funds?
1: So in December, and here's some context, in December, BMO struck a $21 billion deal to acquire Bank of the West to grow its footprint across the U.S., specifically in California. Now, relative to other U.S. states, California experienced little impact to its GDP in 2020, which will forever be known as the the COVID year or one of the COVID years. The deal will double the number of branches BMO has in the U.S., bringing them an additional 1.8 million new customers and boost their earnings. Sounds like a win-win-win. Sounds like it. And now BMO's
0: looking to the big pension funds in Canada, including the Quebec Pension Plan Investment Board, the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan, and the same in Quebec to back the deal. BMO previously said it would also temporarily pause share buybacks and sell up to $2.7 billion in stock to finance the deal. And if interest rate hikes continue as planned, BMO will have more capital on its hand and it won't have to sell the full 2.7 billion billion in stock. So, Brett, why does BMO's deal with the pension funds matter to us?
1: And Ppals for the record, it had the full Quebec name of the Quebec pension plan that Jay just dodged, which was unfortunate because I love hearing him struggle <laughs> with French.
0: And I, I'm American, so me knowing French is me not knowing French is widely accepted.
1: It's surprising how far my grade nine French can get me. At least I can pronounce the things. And uh, so, one reason why BMO is hitting the market for some quick capital by knocking on the doors of all these pension plans, is that they want to close the Bank of West deal before the end of 2022, when there might be an expected push by American regulators to take a tougher stance on big bank mergers. For our second story, gaming company Take-Two Interactive is buying Farmville maker Zynga for $12.7 billion in one of the world's biggest gaming mergers. Jay, why are Farmville and Grand Theft Auto joining forces.
0: Well, Take-Two, the maker of Grand Theft Auto, among other games, and Zynga will join forces to better to compete with Roblox, the metaverse gaming giant. And for some context, Zynga and Farmville in particular was really my generation's sort of big push onto Facebook. But at its peak, 32 million people played Zynga's marquee game, Farmville, every day. And Zynga's clever use of growth hacks was at one point, the main reason people even logged into Facebook, me included. Ultimately, Facebook accounted for 90% of Zynga's revenue. After Farmville's early success, Zynga's stock suffered as casual gamers shifted away from Facebook and on to mobile.
1: But you know, Zynga still has some tricks up their sleeves. They also made their own pivot to mobile, and so they're still relevant, and they're really good at getting gamers hooked, which is why Take-Two didn't hesitate to pay a 64% premium over Zynga's current stock price. Now, with the merger, Take-Two is better positioned to bring a number of their franchises like GTA and Bioshock, which are traditionally console games, to mobile and social platforms. So, Jay, let's zoom out for a second. Why did Take-Two agree to pay such a premium for Zynga?
0: Well, we spend hours on our smartphones every day. That's no surprise. It's no wonder mobile games are also booming in popularity. The global gaming market is worth almost $100 billion in 2020, and it's expected to almost triple by 2030, which explains why Take-Two was so eager to buy Zynga. For our last story, and this may be one of my all-time favorites, Taco Bell said it's piloting a subscription service to order one taco a day for $10 a month. Right. You know what they say? A taco day keeps the doctor away. That's not really what they say. But are food subscriptions becoming even a bigger thing than General Assembly would have us believe?
1: Well, I bet doctors are hoping not, actually, (laughs) Jay. (laughs) But they actually might just be, or at least there's a lot of experimentation going on with them. And so here's a breakdown of how it works. Through the subscription, taco lovers end up paying just 30 cents per taco. So you might be wondering, how does Taco Bell make any money off of this?
0: Well, Taco Bell is betting that customers will pay more by adding drinks and desserts to their orders. And if you're salivating over the prospect of 30-cent tacos, don't hold your breath for when they'll come to Canada because unlike in the U.S., which has 5,000 more Taco Bell locations, it's hard to see how they'd make the model work here in Canada with significantly fewer stores, although there is one in the Dufferin Mall parking lot. However, Taco Bell isn't the only fast food chain experimenting with subscriptions. Panera Bread offers a subscription as well. It charges about nine bucks a month, for iced or hot coffee every single day. So Brett, what's the bigger trend behind the fast food subscriptions and what subscription service would you want to see as a follow-on question?
1: Well, first of all, similar to how clothing brands that are pivoting to direct consumer sales, fast food chains are using consumer loyalty in their favor. The hope is that people order directly from the fast food chains instead of delivery apps to take a pretty big cut of their sales. And in terms of which fast food subscription service I'd want, maybe like a Tim Horton's breakfast sandwich or a Tim Horton's coffee subscription. I feel like that'd be a pretty good one. I don't know Jay, what, Jay, what would you want? Well, I am
0: keen on the pizza one, even though I haven't taken advantage of it. I just feel like we eat a lot of pizza with two kids at home during the pandemic, and we probably would like a delicious pizza delivered to the house and not having to order it. So I'm going with pizza.
1: And this is a violation of our no free plugs, but the General Assembly pizza is, uh, it is actually pretty
0: good. And I, I, the model is so interesting, and uh, I think it is going to take hold because it does make people eat delicious food, potentially. And um, you do create community around the subscription, we'll see.
1: All right, well, Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country.
0: If you've got a second one out, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review.
1: And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale, and thank you, Brett. And Brett, you can come over and have a taco anytime. Three cents. (laughs) Ha <laughs>